0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. There comes a
1: time in everyone's life
0: when talk is cheap and it's time to show up
1: to get back to the top and build a legacy. If we grind together,
0: we can take it back. Our team and our city. This is why we play. This is who we do it for. Take it back.
1: For tickets, go to astros.com slash tickets or call 1 877 9 Astros. And greetings from Globe Life Park in Arlington, Texas, where today the Houston Astros wrap up their three game series against the Texas Rangers. Rubber game of this three game set. Rangers, even the series at a game apiece with a 9-4 to win over the Astros yesterday. George Springer, two hits, including a two-run homer. Jake Barizek also had two hits with a double and a run scored. As the Astros have dropped two of their last three, Rangers have won five of their last six. Astros 13 and seven, a game behind Seattle in the AL West. Rangers in third place, two and a half back with a record of 11 and eight. It's time for today's pitching matchup, brought to you by Houston Methodist, official healthcare provider for the Houston Astros. Houston Methodist, leading medicine. Colin McHugh getting the ball for the Astros today. And if you just go by the numbers, McHugh, he's been the best starter for the Astros so far this year.
0: He has. He's been the most effective, and, and, and we're just going to cut down to the chase. It's because of the slider. I yep. mean, he's, he's developed a, a really different slider from what most hitters are going to see during the course of the season. They're only four for 42 so far this season off of his slider, and it's different in the sense that it doesn't have much downward drop on it. It's just a sweeper, you know, and he can change the shape uh, as far as how, how big it is and how short it is. Uh, he's had real good control with it. And not only good against righties, it's great against lefties as well. So uh, he's been a real force in the rotation so far.
1: Shelby Miller getting the ball for the Texas Rangers, and he's a guy who's missed much of the last couple of years with injuries. And off to a slow start this year, 10 innings, he's walked 11 batters and has a 9 ERA. They've
0: got a couple of pitchers in the rotation, kind of like this reclamation projects, trying to get on track and develop and try to get them back to a – the way they used to be, and the way that Shelby Miller used to be very effective is he had a really good four-seamer that he used to like to ride high up in the strike zone. And for the Astros, it's plain and simple, get the ball down, you know, and that's where he's not as effective. Only 11 walks and three strikeouts so far this year.
1: Keys to the game brought to you by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals on all models. Official sponsor of the Houston Astros. And you know we talk about Colin McHugh, and we talk about that slider, a big reason why he's been so effective. I think also, too... I mean, you lim- he's been limiting damage, only one home run so far this year, and 12 hits allowed in 23 innings. I mean, he's he's really been the, the total package so far. Hopefully he can continue that this afternoon.
0: Yeah, he's very confident. He comes in, and he's been equally as good against righties and lefties, and uh, the extra base hits are really low. Uh, he has a go-to pitch now, mm-hmm. uh, something that he can get ahead of the count with. And So when you control the counts, and then you can get the hitters to – kind of expand the strike zone once they get to two strikes makes you very powerful. Strike one always important, but even more
1: important when you think about this Rangers lineup, much more disciplined than they were in years past. We've seen it so far in the five games these two teams have played against each other.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think they may come out with maybe a a little different plan of attack against McHugh because he has shown the ability to to throw strike one this season. So maybe a different team early in the game and see if they can adjust as things go along. But uh, I don't care. I mean, I think right now McHugh, the way he's been throwing, especially with that slider, he can tell them it's coming and still, you know, throw it a a different way. And and just nobody, like a right-handed batter, think about that slider starting behind them. Mm -hmm. Nobody throws like that, so it's hard to prepare for.
1: Up next, we'll chat with Astros President of Baseball Operations and General Manager Jeff Luno, but now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that good Crawford Boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford Bock? Carbox Crawford Bock pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good 7th inning stretch. Plus a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bock this season. And welcome back, Robert Ford and Steve Sparks joined as we are every Sunday by Astros President of Baseball Operations and General Manager Jeff Luno before the Astros play the rubber game of this three-game series against the Texas Rangers. Jeff Astros making a, a roster move. Ramin Goudwan pitched really well uh, in last night's ball game in a, in a losing effort with two scoreless innings. He's going uh, back down to AAA, and Fromber Valdez, who was on the opening day roster, returns. To the Astros, was was this a move really more about just having length in, in the uh, bullpen once again with Peacock moving back to the rotation?
2: Yes, it was. And the reality is we're entering a stretch now with a lot of consecutive games. And then we have one off day before Mexico and then a whole bunch of games in a row. So we wanted Cramber to be ready to go for that. He hadn't gotten a lot of work. We wanted him to go down and get a couple of quick outings in the minor leagues and come back. Uh, Budwan had two rough outings, followed by a good one last night, so it's good that he finished uh, this first stint of his on a, on a positive note, but I have a feeling that we're going to see three or four relievers kind of come back and forth over the next month and a half while we play a long stretch of consecutive games.
0: Yeah, I guess you have to see how things go, but there's probably going to have to be a consideration to add an extra reliever sometime uh, during this stretch if things go haywire.
2: Yeah, and that's always a challenge for us because the uh, both Kemp and White are out of options, yeah. so... Um, when you look at which position players you can option out, you can't do, business, you can't do camp, you can't do white. So right. it's going to put us in a little bit of a pickle. We're going to hope to get by with the 12-man uh, pitch, you know, pitching staff for as long as we can. But at some point uh, throughout, this, throughout the season, we're probably going to have to make a decision.
1: You know, speaking of Tyler White, I was talking about this with, with A.J. Hinch the other day about you know, White. It seems like he's really struggling to, to handle the fastball right now, and has, has gotten off to a bit a, slow, a bit of a slow start. Obviously, it's still early. It's still April. We all get that, and relatively small sample size. But I have to imagine you, you'd want to see you want to see that pick up here at some point.
2: We do, and uh, you know he's done a nice job of getting on base. But we really he's in that role to drive the ball and to, to produce runs, and he hasn't done that this year. But we all know what he's capable of doing. Last summer. Yeah, you know, he was a very pretty pot bat in our lineup for an extended period of time, and you know sometimes it takes guys a month, and he's not having uh, you know really regular bats. So um, I'm still hoping that he'll get in the swing of things here shortly, and we'll see the, the Tyler White that we know he's capable of being.
0: Yeah, without those consecutive days and not being able to get your rhythm, and how many at bats uh, do you like to look at when you can compile some things together for some of these hitters? And Kemp has gotten off to a slow start too, but. They just haven't gotten that regular time, but now it looks like you're going to get a good stretch for these guys to get regular turns.
2: I think they will get more time. And, you know, for me, I don't even start to look at things until they get to 50 plate appearances and something in the 50 to 75. And then at that point, you know, we have a team that's expected to win the division, expected to compete for a world championship. So we can't really have guys hanging around if they're not producing. But I think both those guys, you know, we know they're good major league players. I think it's just a matter of time before they, they produce the way we know they're capable of doing
1: and you know, you mentioned all the, the out of options guys on the bench, and that that also makes it kind of tricky too. When you not only think about well, what do you do if guys if, uh, are, are struggling to perform, but also when you think about you know, Jordan Alvarez continues to swing the bat well down at Round Rock, for example, or if you you know you want there's somebody else you want to bring up, uh, position player wise, still still makes it a little tricky.
2: It does, and you know, at some point things tend to resolve themselves. I, you know, we have an injury or or something happens, and there's a spot that opens up, but. You look down at AAA, Jordan is absolutely crushing the ball. Tucker had a home run yesterday. Hopefully he's turning it around. Miles Straw playing good shortstop, playing good center field, seems to be getting on base a lot. So there's a lot of guys down there that we think have a chance to play up here and will help us this season. It's a long season. We've been fortunate, knock on wood. We've had no injuries really so far. But, you know, that doesn't last all summer. So sometimes you you kind of overcomplicate things and worry about the future when it, it tends to take care of itself.
0: Jeff, Seattle and Texas come to mind when we starting to look at these offenses early in the season. Starting to look more and more like the Astros' attack, as far as guys controlling the strike zone, uh, kind of more aggressive uh, when they get something they can they can drive. It's just it's natural. It seems like it in baseball to, to kind of mimic the teams that have been successful, the, the way you guys started this trend?
2: Yeah, I think so. And, you know, our division, a lot of people talked about it being maybe a weak division, but it's not. You look at the – almost everybody has a 500 or greater record, and Texas is off to a hot start. Uh-huh. You know, Oakland's a pretty good team. Anaheim's doing okay, and, and Seattle's been a real surprise for everybody. So we're going to have to really earn it if we're going to win this division this year, and I think we got a chance to. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a good thing for our guys that – It's a tough division because it means every night the games are important and these division games are super important. I mean, I'm hoping we win today and at least even up the season series with Texas. And, you know, after playing two series on the road against them, I think that'll be an okay accomplishment and we'll we'll face them at home.
1: Joined by Jeff Luno before the Astros take on the Rangers. And J.B. Bukowskis is a guy we saw in big league camp this year, Jeff, Astros' first-round pick. Pitched really well and, and handled himself pretty well in, in big league camp. But off to a slow start so far this season. Uh, 0-3 in three starts. has given up 17 earned runs and, and walked 12 in and, and only eight innings of work. What are you hearing? What are you seeing uh, with uh, Bukowskis right now? Well,
2: unfortunately, you know, he had such a good spring that we expected him to get off to a quick start. But, you know, all these guys are working on multiple things as they go back to minors and get ready to hopefully get recalled at some point. And, you know, JVB has not had a good start, and I don't really have an explanation for that. A little bit of spin luck, but he just hasn't had command of his pitches. And, you know, sometimes it takes a while. You're in Big League camp. All the adrenaline's there. You're, you're facing major league hitters, and then, you know, you go down to double A and it's a different atmosphere and the intensity's not quite there. So. I'm not worried about him. The stuff is still great, and we know what he's capable of doing. But, um, you know, it's unfortunate for him that he got off to a slow start.
0: Jeff, it's almost been the opposite for Brady Rogers, who got sent out of Major League camp kind of early. But he's gotten off to a terrific start with Round Rock again. I mean, the PCL doesn't seem to be much of a challenge at all for Brady.
2: Yeah, Brady, you know, it's nice to see because he missed a year and then yep. last year he really only had about a half a year. And we know I mean, he was the the pitcher of the year for that league the year before he got hurt, so we know what he's capable of doing. And what we're really trying to do is get him to reestablish himself so that he's on the short so The of guys can come up and make a start for us in the big leagues should be hard. You know, he's doing that right now. He's doing everything he can to put himself in that spot. So I'm still a believer that Brady Rogers is a major league pitcher, it's just a matter of opportunity and time.
1: Hey, there's a really interesting article in in Baseball America this week, Jeff, about uh, the spike in home run rates with – now at AAA level, using the same balls that they use at the major league level, and uh, there's obviously it's it's a small sample size and it's early and AAA they haven't played quite as many games as they have at the major league level. But I'd have to imagine that people in your position and farm directors and what have you have to like the fact that they're using the same balls at the at AAA that they're using in the majors. It makes you kind of wonder why that that wasn't the case before.
2: Yeah, probably because they're a little more expensive, and and you know I know that the pitchers every time they go down and do rehab down there they want to have those balls with them and we'll usually ship a bunch when there's a major league pitcher doing a rehab but uh, I think those balls last year there was some uh, question about whether the major league balls were creating more home runs at the big league level and mm-hmm. now that we're using those balls in the minor league level it seems to be doing the same thing so maybe it's just the way they're manufactured uh the process etc but um you know it's it's a good thing for us that you use the same equipment at the different levels so for us it's a positive
0: Jeff, can you give me your thoughts on taking batting practice on the field? We're hearing more and more teams kind of pull back on that a little bit. And as an organization, it seems like you guys down in the minor leagues have pulled back quite a bit.
2: We have. And, you know, some of the things that we do in baseball are done because we've always done them that way. And taking batting practice at 4.30 for a 7 o'clock game has always made me scratch my head a little bit. Uh Why do you warm up and sort of take a show batting practice for the fans at 4.30 and then have to go in and cool down and, and then, you know, gear up to hit 95-mile-an-hour pitching at 7 o'clock. So we're trying a couple different things in the minor leagues where the guys gear up differently for the game. And, you know, I know it's fun for the fans sometimes to see batting practice and catch the balls in the outfield and all that. But, you know, we're, we're really spending a lot of time questioning every aspect of what we do and why we do it and figuring out if there's a better way. So we're trying a few new things in the minors. And, you know, if it works, we'll probably roll it out across the system.
1: How much can you account for, you know, everybody can have a little bit of a different routine. I mean, obviously at the minor league level, a lot of those guys are still trying to figure out their routines and, and learn it, but how much of accounting is there for for that individuality and maybe changing things up for certain guys?
2: Yeah, it's a great point because everybody's different and how they prepare for games should be different. And so we're trying to develop a program that's customized for each individual based on what they think and they need to get ready for the game. So for some guys, You know, even we've been doing this in the big leagues where George Springer, you know, you don't see him out taking batting practice too much because he's usually inside Uh facing the high velocity machine because he wants to see 90-95 a half hour before the game. And so for him, that works. Other guys, you know, they want to go outside and try and use all fields and sort of get used to the environment. So we're trying to allow flexibility so the guys can design their own programs and do whatever they need to do to do that.
0: Jeff, I asked this with your Don Alvarez, who you mentioned earlier in mind. What's the biggest determining factor to protect success for a hitter going from the AAA to the major leagues in your mind?
2: You know, it's hard to say because we've had some players make that transition very easily and others not. Yeah. Uh, I know what I like about Jordan is that he spent all spring being a good hitter and not worrying about power. He didn't have any home runs in the spring. And then, you know, he goes down to AAA and, and absolutely mashing the ball and yeah. destroying it with some monster home runs. Which means that he's, you know, he's focused on on being a good hitter first and letting the power come. And I think those types of guys tend to do really well when they transition. Now, you know, knowing that he's going to have to play some left field uh, for us, the real important part is making sure that he's defensively sound enough that. You know, when he comes up, we think the bat's going to play. There's no reason it shouldn't. He's 22 years old. I think he just turned 22 this month, and he's going to be a a, a really good hitter. And if he can play defense, he he should be a, a part of our team for a long time to come.
1: President of Baseball Operations and General Manager Jeff Luno, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me on, guys. There comes a time in everyone's life when
1: talk is cheap and it's time to show up. To get back to the top and build a legacy. If we grind together, we can take it back. Our team. And our city.
0: This is why we play. This is who we do it for. Take it back.
1: For tickets, go to astros.com slash tickets or call 1-877-9ASTROS.